Where were we? The weekly hook. We're excited to be back with the weekly hook. Uh, it's 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 great to be back after after like our season break. I mean, we were back, but now we're like really back back. We're really back back, and I'm very excited. And let's get right into it. This is like a topic that's close to my heart, um, and I'm, I think it is close to your heart as well. Oh, um, I'm excited now. Yeah, we're, also, we're gonna... I would expect nothing less from you, Chris. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and yeah, at first, I don't know. We're going to talk about some, like we're going to talk about a specific movie later on. Later on, so we have two things to talk about today. We have like something to discuss on a meta level, and then an actual movie. Oh. Um, have so, I seen the movie? Do you know? I I'm just know. questioning. I'm just questioning I, you I have, right now. I have no idea. I have no okay. idea. Okay. Um. So this year's Academy Awards were not short of controversies. The big one was obviously Will Smith punching Chris Rock for you know some bad taste remark or whatever. Um. Another one was that eight more technical categories were not broadcast live. And, you know, the bigger question of should they be broadcast live? And then there were some remarks about animated films, which perpetuated the prejudice that animation is just for children and something that adults only endure. And so I'm going to use this um, as an excuse for this weekly hook and my next one to talk a bit about some animated movies that have come out quite recently, which I've really enjoyed but first, I wanted to talk about, you know, this misconception and wanted to start things off by asking you, Rashad, what you think about it. All right. Hold off now. You can take a break for 40 minutes, Chris. I'm just going to yeah. go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but in all seriousness, are you kidding? Like anyone who still thinks that is an absolute, like, I don't want to say absolute moron, but close to it. Animation in of itself just adds depth and a new layer to cinema. It is nothing different. It has no, it cannot, it, there's no limitations to animation in terms of its audience. And it's clearly shown that even if the movies that are built for kids, the only good ones or the best ones are the ones who do also touch adults because are honestly, what is the real difference in terms of what we're talking about and, and the movies and the themes and the, and the different messages that you want to convey and like animation in and of itself is just a medium through which we project stories and the stories you can tell can be for children the stories you can tell can be for adults it could be a mix of the two and in reality there is the the fact that that how do i say that division exists and it's seen as a subcategory of film in and of itself is just wrong. And especially now that we consider how much CGI plays a role into film in general, you can argue that even the most live action, big budget films are all in large part animated. And thanks to the developments in technology in animation, the extension of which have become almost realistic looking cgi and other even animated um techniques that it, it's permeated through the entire film industry but on top of that i would even argue that animation itself 
in, in this ability to distort realistic depictions can add nuanced layers of uh, storytelling, um, action sequences, all of the above are all possible because of the fluidity that is allowed by animation. So uh, we've talked about films that are animated on this series multiple times. We talked about Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I can't think of another one off the, off the top of my head. You did a whole sequence on anime stuff, but sorry, I'm forgetting at the moment. But it, when we think about what is possible through animation and how it adds... Oh, Star Wars Visions is another good example. That things can look so much more beautiful and co- coherently done when they are animated that look odd and realistic where you have live-action actors playing it. It just... There is... In my mind, there should be no division between the two in terms of when we're talking about the Academy Award, Best Picture, blah, 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 um, or our expectations from a film. And one thing that actually on top of what I don't know if I'm going in the right direction, but one thing that is on top of the whole controversy or this division is that we have a separate category of expectations from animated films in the sense that we hold them to a lower standard we expect less from them than we do live action films for some reason and i think that's something that this trend of holding animation to a lower bar or saying that they're for children is something that is slowly diminishing relatively speaking um i would argue that the the industry is moving in that direction slowly but it, I think, needs to move a lot faster. And I think the end goal when we're talking about what is the role of animation within cinema is to consider animation and live action within one larger category of cinema itself. So that's my little mini monologue. I can go on with longer, but I feel like this is your weekly hook, so I'll let you actually do, speak prepared notes instead of just blur blabber, which is what I'm saying right now. No, I mean, thank you. First of all, thank you. You you're speaking right from my heart. Uh, you've you've touched on a lot of the points that I would have mentioned. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I'm not surprised. I I know that we feel the same way about all of these things, and yeah, it it's just it's just preposterous, honestly. And uh, as you said, like I think one of the things that I really want to underline here is what you said, like that animation enables creativity and filmmaking. And unfortunately, you know, we as in society uh, have a lower standard for it. Um, I personally probably have a higher standard for animation, uh, for animated movies than live action ones. <laughs> come to think of it, maybe. Um, and also this this notion of being for children as 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 though that's like like a derogatory thing um you know meaning it's not as good as important as a as like a piece of media as as art uh is just like also very telling of like social views on children in a sense and you know an- another thing that really grinds my gears is that animation is often presented or misunderstood as a genre despite actually being a medium and you know, you mentioned Ghost in the Shell, and there are many other examples that, you know, animated movies that ch- children should never watch. And just, but, you know, that are good examples for what, what animation can, can offer for, uh, you know, a wide, wide array of audiences. Because, you know, as, as you alluded to as well, like many good movies, animated or not, 
you know, they are good because they are multi-layered. They work on many different levels and there are something, you know, for everyone. Um, and I think, you know, the best movies are like that. Or maybe not the best ones, but definitely like a lot of the... Go- I think it's always like a like a really great thing to say about a movie. Um, so, yeah, th- that was just like something that I... I took away from this. I was like, no, I I, I hate that they, this happened. And, it, you know, there was quite an outcry that unfortunately got lost due to some other bullshit that was happening at the same time. And um, yeah, so so this is my, my sign of protest. And so today I want to talk about one of the movies. Next time I'm going to talk about two other animated movies. Uh, but today and just about one of them. Can I get back on my high horse really quickly? Sure, please, please. Anytime. Thank you. So one thing that I also, what grinds my gears, this is just going to be us complaining show, but <laughs> is that there is some sort of a genre difference, and you may just actually disagree with me on this, between anime and just animation in general. And in my mind, we don't really consider film that comes out of Japan as a completely separate genre. Yes, maybe you have auteurs, like directors like Kurosawa who transcend genre to a certain extent. But in my mind, it's animation. There's this idea that, oh, anime is for otaku or anime is for Japanese nerds or whatever. And then animation is for children. And we, we, it's a derogatory way to put subsections within society that limits the reach of these films or television shows, whatever they may be. But in my mind, I... This is like something that I've been preaching for a while in the sense that there is no, in my mind, difference really between anime and animation films that are based in other countries that are not Japan. It just happens to be an animation product coming out of Japan. Yes, there are genre similarities. There are, um, you know, through lines and aesthetic commonalities but if that were the case so say that um instead of the global pop culture hegemon of the united states imagine that that's japan instead and all that content is coming out of japan we wouldn't really consider it as as a niche thing or as one thing individual we'd create nuance from between them we talk about them more in terms of comedies and dramas and um, television shows versus sci-fi versus all these different things that we do talk about um, when we reference other types of or other mediums of film so in my mind something like i'm trying to think of a cross-border um, anime example or animation example that two things could be more similar my knowledge of anime is not that strong so this is probably the wrong person to talk about when it comes to this but one thing in terms of cultural um acceptance i guess to a certain extent it seems like when you label something as quote-unquote anime versus just an animated feature it puts it at a cultural distance and i think that it is you're doing it a disservice in terms of labeling it as such instead of placing it within a larger context of, I would argue film in general, but if you wanted to place or view it as just another animated film, that's a one other thing as well. So, um, and it also, Oh, a good example, I guess is maybe not a good example, but an example is um, one of our favorite shows, the avatar, the last airbender, which is a show created in the United States based off a lot of anime uh, from Japan. Um, 
models and aesthetic appeal and to a lot of to, to the extent that a lot of people think and the animators are korean i believe for uh avatar the last airbender so oh god i hate the blue people movie it just makes makes me have to say <laughs> the whole avatar the last airbender title every yeah. single damn time uh, and they're making a sequel which is even more annoying <laughs> it's just making my life miserable but I'm trying to say that the fluidity of the different cultural contexts in which animated features or um, television shows are created shouldn't uh, destroy our understanding of them being just animation at large. And that's another thing that I like to preach in general with regards to how we divide genres that are actually don't exist. And instead of we label them as genres when, as you said, they are just mediums or as we both said, I get, I guess at this point. Yeah. And I think it's kind of this vicious cycle, uh, where just, you know, because in Japan there was like kind of a long history and more of a cultural and uh, pro probably just as crucially, uh, economic impact, uh, of that medium, which then enabled auteurs to exist in the first place and to, you know, to gain this acceptance um and yeah i think i think i think you're def we're, we de we're definitely in agreement on this and but also uh, what you said in the beginning that you know um with the otaku of like uh you know the what, what you said kind of reminded me yeah that's kind of also a like stigmatization in in a sense of you know people who like this medium are just seen as childish adults and as with many especially nerdy uh like subcultures and that's kind of a like a larger problem like that that just like many people don't understand and it just looks a certain way so they think oh that's that's ridiculous and these people are not serious and thus we don't have to take them serious and that's just ah uh, yeah but aren't rants fun it's honestly ridiculous, this <laughs> whole thing. And it's something that I feel like I've just been beating my head against a brick wall for years <laughs> on. And it's so hard to kind of overcome people's notions of this whole restrictive mindset they have of towards animation. I wonder how the next generation will see it because with the widespread availability of streaming, animated materials, especially through the conduit of Netflix, which has really put a lot of money into you know, anime out of Japan and has pushed it really wi uh, widespread to Europe and the United States in a way that was less available in the past. I wonder if we're moving towards a direction that it might flip quite quickly in terms of how we see uh, these different mediums within one another, within a larger context, as one is for adults and one is for children. And as another generation grows up with viewing this stuff from as they grow up into adulthood and into their adult lives I, it's, a, it's a question that i do wonder um so that's a, that's an interesting change potential but i don't know i mean i grew up watching this like this stuff to a certain extent uh, as i grew up into uh, adulthood and i also i can look at something and be critically and actually see things for what they are so i'm better than probably half the population anyways so 
Oh man, I just like better. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a that's a strong word there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely feel the same way. Like I've, I uh, animation has always been there, and of like of quote unquote, of course, because you know we first experienced it as children, and then we just grew up and just realized that we love this medium and we continue to love it no matter how old we are, because there is just so much merit in it. Well, we also grew up with live action stuff as well. It's not, it was that we're only exclusively watching animated stuff. It's just that, you know, that was part of the life growing up and you get derided for it at a certain extent or for certain people. And that it, in a lot of ways, actually marginalizes you as a, as a consumer and then actually makes you feel guilty sometimes for watching these things. And in reality, it's enjoyable. You, it's part of your, ethos to a certain extent and how you view the world is through these media this medium and i think to to a large extent actually and ironically your attachment to animated um stuff <laughs> i couldn't think of a better <laughs> word <laughs> is it seems to be stronger than and than mine and it seems to be a bigger part of your understanding of things um and that's cool. Like that's amazing, and I I wonder, you know, what informs that? Probably just like a a, a more exposure to it, maybe at a younger age or as you in, in adolescence or whatever. Um, but everyone has their own relationship to it. But it doesn't really matter because it's all the same thing. It's just a different way to tell stories. And if a story is told well, then it doesn't matter how it's shown. And that's that's it that's that should be the end of story period go home all of you people who are closed-minded yeah don't subscribe to this podcast leave us alone give us a five-star rating though yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i think maybe we can we can have this as an off-the-hook discussion that i can like prepare for just going through because i think you're uh that, that would be an interesting thing to discuss just like our our relationship with this medium and like our history with it and you know, I, I've def, I've certainly you know always watched it and like continue always continue to watch it. Um, but there's just so much that I can't even point to. But not, when I when I have time to think about it, I'll definitely write up some notes and then we can we can have like a like a longer discussion about this. I would love that. So you're saying you're not prepared for today? I am. Let me tell you about today's topic. <laughs> <laughs> after i don't know like 15 20 minutes of re- recording and ranting and i love it um but uh yeah we uh, i i am here to talk about one of my favorite movies period of uh, the last few years and it's uh, a 2020 movie called wolf walkers never heard of it never heard of it perfect okay cool so it is, uh, yeah, an animated film directed by Tom Moore and Ross Stewart, um, and it's just this wonderful mix of different two D styles of animation, including mostly hand drawn, I think, with wonderful like pencil drawings and watercolors, and just overall a gorgeous aesthetic. And it's one of these movies where pretty much every frame of of this movie could be a breathtaking piece of art that hang on my wall um which obviously uh, for any movie uh is is one of the biggest compliments i think and it's just like the visual style is so impressive there's this great separation between 
the bleak, dark look of the city, um, literally black and white, and also some gray, visually framed as a very rigid, literally boxed in place with straight lines and geometric shapes on the one hand, and the vibrant, colorful nature with all of its free-flowing uh, dyn uh, dynamism and motion on the other hand. And there are split screens and great use of perspective and just an overall great visual language as well. And just like, that's why just in terms of its craft, it is just on the top of its game. It's, uh, you know, it's part of a trilogy by Tom Moore. Um, and all of them, all of those three movies have been animated by uh, a studio called Cartoon Saloon uh, that I, I had previously never heard of. But after watching Wolfwalkers, I'll definitely check out their other work um, because I really, really like it. You know, in the in this time of today, where most of animation is three D, which I can understand, you know, pushing the envelope, like just like trying to be become better and better and push things forward. But every once in a while, you know, going going back to what was before is also like a fun thing artistically, and it just has so much merit. And it just, I don't know, just because of the setting that I will get to in a moment. Um, I think it's a perfect fit because it it does take place at an earlier time in history, um, and so that is kind of a perfect fit. Um, and also, like in terms of writing, all of the characters they are distinct. The dialogue is really on point, and its delivery is done superbly by the voice cast. Uh, the sound design and the soundtrack also really add to this like mystical folklore feel of the movie. Um, with its title track running with the wolves being a really catchy earworm i know we <laughs> talked about that in our hookies episodes where you were just like really annoyed by uh we don't talk about bruno and how this had just like swept everyone and just like was everywhere and you couldn't avoid it it's like i think running with the wolves is kind of on level with that um really but not not in the annoying not not in terms of like how like nobody knows this song i think but just like i think it's just as catchy i see um and it wasn't even written for this movie it was just like it already existed and was re-recorded by the uh by the artist for for this movie which is kind of incredible and yeah i don't know i just want to talk about uh the the plot now like part of it anyway and please i'm excited to hear more about it yeah, uh, you know, I will mostly focus on the first act. However, if you, dear listener, are as spoiler sensitive, not to say avoidant, as I am, please beware and proceed at your own caution. So Wolfwalkers follows the story of Robin Goodfellow, a young apprentice hunter who arrives in Ireland with her father, who is uh, tasked to hunt down and exterminate the last wolf pack that still exists there in the city of Kilkenny. Um, Robin is quite a curious and adventurous girl who really loves exploring and, you know, wants to step into her father's footsteps. And however, she repeatedly disobeys her father, you know, because she is just such an inquisitive mind. Um, her father is really overprotective of her after the death of her mother. Uh, and in this new environment that he perceives as dangerous, not just because of all the wildness surrounding the town, you know, with, with the woods and everything, but also because he is employed by the Lord Protector, uh, you know, Cromwell, etc. 
and thus part of the oppressive colonization of Ireland by the English, which results in open hostility uh, by you know, the populace. Um, and so Robin's explorations not only jeopardize her father's livelihood, but also her life, which leads to tension and eventually real, like, <laughs> serious conflict between the two of them. Uh, and her father, you know, he would basically rather lock her up than running the risk of her being injured or killed, uh, you know, in this in this very paternalistic sort of way. Classic. Yeah, unfortunately, a <laughs> classic, um, you know, uh, but that is one of the themes of this uh, of this movie that is, again, very important and is very, I would say, palpable for for everyone, no matter your age. And so Robin, you know, she still ventures outside of Kilkenny and follows her father into the near woods uh, where she gets lost and has a chance encounter with Meb, a girl about her age who lives, you know, this wild and free life that Robin would really like to live as well. And what's more, she reveals to Robin that she is a wolf walker, meaning that her spirit can leave her body at night and turn into a wolf. And so the two girls become friends and their lives get intertwined as they both have to navigate the world around them and the changes that are occurring. And obviously I'm not going to go into detail with that. You've got to watch the movie. I don't want to spoil it for you, but that's kind of what happens in the first part of the movie. And it's just, I don't know, just this, the themes is like whoever thinks that this is a, you know, I, I've heard it, I've heard it said that this kind of looks like a, like in its visual style is kind of reminiscent of a children's book sometimes. Uh, and it's true, but also the themes, you know, <laughs> they're just like, whoever thinks that, that those are like just for children, it's just like, come on, really. I mean, you know, cue back to our, our 15 minute rant at the beginning of all of this, but you know, it's humanity and its relationship to nature the so-called it's, it's a horrible thing to say but the so-called civilizing process um also like colonization and if you want to call it that also fascism and re religious fanaticism as well as the very central question of the human like experience of freedom versus order and security and you know last but certainly not least the female struggle for independence in a patriarchal society. Robin Robin with her paternalistic father and the conflict of Robin and Meb with the Lord Protector who uses religion as a tool of social control and uh, gaining for gaining more power by also discrediting Irish beliefs as pagan nonsense. And both of these men are trying to force the girls into that cage of the quote-unquote traditional female gender role that was prevalent at that time. Um, telling them how to behave and so on and you know all of these uh topics are just so so important and that's why i think not not only is it incredible to you know to have this movie like tackle all of these questions but it's like again i, I would say this this is definitely a a movie that could and should be seen by children and you know that the and that is kind of this this weird thing where if you just see the art style of it 
people would say, "Oh, this is the children's movie." But then, if you if if you would hear me talk, if you like, if you heard me talk about the topics, you would say, "Oh, the like this is way too much for children to handle." But I think no, this is not. This is neither. It's neither quote unquote just a children's movie, nor is it something that children shouldn't watch. It is definitely a movie that yeah again could and should be seen by children that could and should be seen by adults and so i can only recommend it um it's just i don't know i could talk a long long time about how really beautiful it is from a narrative perspective from a visual perspective from really any perspective and it's kind of a shame that it it's one of these movies that had that you know, was a critical success, but not a uh, not an economic one, and thus didn't really get a lot of attention, unfortunately. And in in our days, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, only the big uh, movies get this kind of attention where people really talk about it. And it's kind of one of these. I think it's just going to become like a cult classic in a way, but not in the sense of oh, this is kind of bad or whatever it's like one of these really really brilliant movies that unfortunately did not what were not seen by so many people but i i really hope that you know you can you can stream it um so i i've seen it on apple plus i don't know where else but i'm sure i'm sure it's everywhere and i can really just recommend it um it's just a beautiful movie Wow, that sounds great. And honestly, when I looked it up as you were speaking, I remembered the cover and mm-hmm. something that was actually on my watch list for Apple TV+. Plus. Oh. I just haven't. <laughs> Perfect. I never got to it. So yeah. I'm going to have to resubscribe for a month <laughs> to Apple TV <laughs> and watch it. Totally worth it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's so, it's really, I did, I, I just had it, like someone, someone recommended it and uh, you know someone whose judgment i trust and so i was like i just saw a few frames of it and I was like oh this looks great so i watched it and uh you know at first as i want to do you know i thought oh children i don't know <laughs> but it's great like the i love the both of the girls i love like in like all of the other like grown-up characters are like even though like some of them are horrible they're like they are good characters in that sense in the terms of like character development and character creation and just like it's just such a good movie and yeah oh that sounds amazing i'm so excited now <laughs> so yeah this is this is just you know one i did i didn't want to i didn't want to have this like big discussion of of like animation and then also talk about three movies <laughs> so so I, I decided to split it in half um yeah definitely everyone give wolf walkers a chance watch it and uh yeah next 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 time when it's my turn i'm gonna talk about two other animated movies that i've really enjoyed um yeah but i'm also excited to hear what what your topic is gonna be next week maybe now i should do animated stuff just create an animated <laughs> series didn't you do like a series of anime movies yeah. <laughs> like end of last year yeah i did a uh, ghost in the shell cowboy bebop and interstellar 5555 oh that's what uh, it was so like also kind of a mix of a basic if if you will a movie is uh, a show and uh, uh, an hour-long music video so i mean that's 
<laughs> quite a variety of things. Yes. Well, all right. With that said, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Chris, for sharing all of this information with us. And this brings such an important topic, I think, that we should have definitely discussed a long time ago. And if it weren't clear, our positions on this before today, they're definitely clear now. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so if you liked what you heard and want to support the show, Chris, how can people, um, I don't know, do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah give us uh the five stars or whatever whatever arbitrary arbitrary rating system there is on your podcast app of choice preferably overcast preferably overcast but also of course apple podcast or spotify or whatever yeah we, we don't mind we're not biased no. nah. and if they want to reach out to us um how can they do that the easiest way to do that is to go to our website, serialhook.com, where you can just find, you know, all of our contact info, various ways to do that. Um, and they're all on there, inclu including, you know, further information about this podcast, beautiful artwork by our, by our friend Luca. So check that out. Yeah, honestly, Luca, MVP, as always. <laughs> as always. Speaking of animated people, we should bring him on to talk about yes, that. Yes, Absolutely. So tune in one day as we can <laughs> eventually coerce Luca to join the podcast. Until next time, everyone. I was going to say ciao like I'm Italian or something. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>